Welcome to Slowpreneur, a podcast about building a business without the busy. I'm your host, Stephanie Pellet, and I'm a coach for thoughtful, values-based entrepreneurs just like you. On this show, we talk about creating a business with intention, heart, and sustainability in mind. Join me as I connect with my friends and clients and share my own reflections on why slow and steady entrepreneurship will always win the race. In today's episode, I'm sharing my seven top book recommendations for slowpreneurs that are full of ideas and inspiration for building an intentional business. Hello, hello, and welcome to Slowpreneur. Thank you so much for being here and for tuning in. I'm your host, Stephanie Pellet, and this podcast is where we explore all things slow, intentional, and sustainable business. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, you are in the right place. And if you also happen to love books and reading, then you are doubly in the right place today because I'm going to be sharing my seven top book recommendations for slowpreneurs. Now, unfortunately, there are no books out there that are specifically a guide on how to be a slowpreneur, although I do hope to write one one day, maybe even soon. But in the meantime, we're going to use the seven books on this list as a way of creating a paradigm for ourselves of what slowpreneurship can look like. Each of these books has an idea or a concept or a strategy inside that I think really helps to build a more sustainable and slow business. I'm recommending all of them as kind of a comprehensive guide that taken together can really be an introduction to the slowpreneur model. As we all know, there are hundreds, if not thousands of books out there about how to build a business, how to start a business. Unfortunately, most of them are written by the same archetype of person, a middle-aged white guy with an MBA. Now, nothing against those people. They've got some great ideas, but they do not always have the ideas that match with our values. A lot of the ideas in most business books have to do with hustling, have to do with intense productivity, exponential growth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We here at Slowpreneur believe in building a business that honors our humanity, that really values our natural abilities, takes care of our biological and emotional needs, while also delivering value to the world. And not every business book out there is going to teach you how to do that. A lot of the advice can be great, but it isn't always baked into a context that makes sense for each of our individual lives. That's why we need other kinds of teachers who have different kinds of businesses, different kinds of values, maybe different care responsibilities or ideas for how we can build a business that supports us and others. And that's what I'm hoping that this list will give you today. So let's just get right into it. Without further ado, here are my seven top book recommendations for slowpreneurs. Book number one is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Now, this book is my top recommendation for entrepreneurs, but it's also my top recommendation for anyone trying to do anything creative in the world, (laughs) which is probably a lot of us. In this book, Pressfield talks about the idea of resistance with a capital R, and he defines resistance as any force or feeling that tries to prevent us from doing our most important 
work in the world. We're all familiar with it, okay? It shows up in a lot of different ways. It can look like perfectionism, right? Fixating on tiny little details in a way that stops us from launching things. It can look like procrastination or avoiding the thing that we really know that we want to be doing or should be doing and instead doing busy work. It can look like limiting beliefs like imposter syndrome that are convincing us that we do not need to do the thing that we actually really need to do because we should leave it up to someone else who is better suited for the job. The list is endless of ways that resistance tries to keep us small, keep us quote unquote safe, and prevent us from sharing our most important gifts and wisdom with the world. So if you are an entrepreneur, you have something to share. You have something important to put out there. And it is so important to practice showing up in the face of our own disappointments, our own fears, our own doubts about our success. And this book is the recipe for how to keep showing up in that way, even when you feel afraid. I would also recommend as a really great bonus recommendation, Stephen Pressfield's book, Turning Pro, which talks all about how to go from amateur to professional in any kind of creative endeavor or pursuit, which includes entrepreneurship. That book is also really excellent. And this remains one of the top recommendations for books that I think should be required reading for anybody trying to do anything creative. I recommend it to my clients all the time, and I'm now recommending it to you. The second book that I want to talk about is Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Now, Emily and Amelia are sisters, they're twins, and work in very different fields, but they have come together in this book because they feel so passionately about teaching people how to deal with stress. They talk about how in our modern world, most of the stress we experience is kind of chronic, we have a lot of stressors around us that we may not be able to control. We might not be able to quit our stressful job or, you know, get rid of the construction noise outside of our window, but we need to be able to deal with the stress that comes from the stressors that are outside of our control. So they actually talk about how we don't need to eliminate all stress from our life. Actually, stress can be very good for us and adaptive, but we do need to prevent it from turning into this chronic ongoing condition that constantly stresses us out. And their solution is really simple. It's finding ways to complete the stress cycle. So when you go into a fight or flight response, you need to find a way to close that loop and tell your body and your brain that you're actually okay, you're safe, and you can live to fight another day. So in our modern world, this can look like a lot of different things, but primarily it's things like exercise, physical relief of some kind, like laughter or crying or hugging. There are so many ways that we can tell ourselves that we're okay. And the reason I'm recommending this book is because I think for all entrepreneurs, we need to be prepared for the fact that entrepreneurial life is stressful. There's no way around it. We are going to have things that stress us out. Putting ourselves out there, showing up, launching, dealing with clients, launching products, all of those things are things that are going to be stressful for us. There's no way around that. But what is avoidable is getting stuck in that stress response. And so I think that this book is so powerful in teaching us how to deal with the stress that we are inevitably going to face. What do we do when we feel stressed out? 
we find ways to complete the stress cycle. I have recommended this book to my clients. I have read it in our Profoundry Business Book Club. I really think that the concepts in here are simple, but so powerful for anyone trying to live a creative life, especially as an entrepreneur. This episode of Slowpreneur is sponsored by The Profoundry, a coaching and community program for thoughtful entrepreneurs run by yours truly. If you've been looking for a supportive group of business besties who share your values and really get it, this could be the perfect membership for you because these people are truly amazing. Every month in the program, we have a bunch of different calls. For example, productivity parties to get our work done together, workshops on things like project planning, balance and boundaries, or goal setting. And we often do creative think tanks that offer custom group coaching for members for whatever they might be struggling with. We also have a really supportive Slack community with weekly check-ins. We have a resource library full of recordings and interesting workshops and a business book club so that you can learn about business from interesting and diverse authors. If this sounds like your cup of tea, I'd love for you to come check it out. You can learn more and get your first productivity party pass for free by going to stephaniepellet.com slash profoundary. I would love to see you there. Book number three is Thrive by Arianna Huffington. I actually read this book several years ago, but it has always stuck with me because I really, really valued Arianna Huffington's honesty and vulnerability in sharing her own personal story. She talks about how when she was at the pinnacle of her career, when the Huffington Post was really successful and from the outside, everything looked to be going really well, but actually on the inside, she was so chronically underslept and overwhelmed and overworked that one day she collapsed in her office and hit her head on the corner of her desk, which led to some really not so great injuries and a really big wake up call in her life. She talks about how in that moment, she realized that in most of our lives and businesses, we have two metrics for success. We're looking at chasing after money and we're looking at chasing after power or influence. Her idea is that if you're only looking at two metrics of success, it's like having two legs on a stool. Your stool is going to be pretty shaky and unstable. So it's really important to add a third metric of success or a third leg to your stool to ensure that it is more stable and sustainable over time. So in her opinion, that third metric of success incorporates things like well-being and wellness. It looks like bringing in our wisdom, tapping into our own inner knowing and letting that be what guides us. And of course, incorporating things like giving back charitable donations and other values-based activities that help us make a difference in the world. And so for her, it's really important that we identify what this third metric of success looks like for each of us so that we can actually have success that feels meaningful, success that feels important, really something that matters, not just things that we're doing just for the sake of money or power. The thing that I also really appreciate about this book is that Arianna Huffington is a really big name. And so I think when she first released this book, it was a little bit surprising to see someone who is at a such high position of power talking about 
her vulnerability, talking about how it's so important to incorporate wellness. I think she was ahead of her time. And I think learning from her example can be really, really powerful for each of us as we're building a business, believing that it is not only important, it's also possible to build a business that supports us while also doing powerful work in the world. Really recommend Ariana's story and I'm so grateful that she wrote it. Book number four is The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Now, at first glance, this may not seem like the most slow printer of books. It's a little bit old school. It was written many, many years ago. But hear me out. I think that it is really a slow printership kind of book because of one key concept that has stuck with me in all of the years since I read it. And it's this idea of creating an organizational flowchart for your business before you have a single employee. What this does is helps you think for the future, helps you think for the long term, even when you're creating systems and processes in your business now. So for example, if you are one sole person, you may be used to doing everything in your business manually, chaotically, <laughs> at the last second, and in whatever way makes sense to you and your brain. But the problem is that none of that knowledge is shared or stored anywhere outside of yourself, which makes it really difficult for you to get any help with any aspect of your business. So what Michael Gerber recommends in this book is to think ahead before you even hire anyone about what it might look like to hire someone to help you with various aspects of your business. So for example, if you wanted to hire a social media manager, he encourages you to think about what would that person's job description be? What would their tasks be on a daily or weekly or monthly basis? What would the systems look like that they would use to execute their job? Are they using a certain task manager? Are they using a certain scheduler for their social media? And then he encourages you to really write all of that stuff down not because you're necessarily going to hire anyone right away, but because you want that information to live somewhere in a structured way, especially so that if you did ever hire someone, it would be very easy to onboard them. Now, I personally don't have any plans to hire anyone to help me in my business, but I can say that this mental framework for thinking about the future of your business, thinking about what things could look like, what your SOPs would be if you did hire someone, and SOP stands for Standard Operating Procedure, it really does help to make your everyday life and your everyday business activities more efficient. When you have those systems in place, you can follow them. And that actually helps you get out of the constant decision-making and constant wondering if you should do something differently and helps you go into execution mode, just doing the tasks on your list, following your quote unquote job description for that part of your business. So if you're a slow printer, even if you're a solo printer right now, I think it's really important to be thinking about the future of your business, what it could look like, and definitely before you ever hire anyone, getting some of these things on paper so that it makes it more easy to outsource and get help for yourself. Book number five is actually a wholesale recommendation of all of this author's work, but I'm just gonna recommend her most recent book, Tranquility by Tuesday by Laura Vanderkam. I love Laura Vanderkam's work because of her no-nonsense approach to productivity and time management. Her core belief is that we all have way more time than we think, and definitely more than enough time to fit in everything that is important to us. 
I love this message because I think it flies in the face of so much time management advice out there, which tells us that we can't have it all and we are all too busy to get things done. And I really love that this feels like a more possible and empowering approach to thinking about our time. She also knows what she's talking about because she is a mom of five, she works full time, she travels for work. It's not as if she has all the time in the world and is just talking to us from a soapbox. She really has lived this and she's also done time diary studies with hundreds of people asking them to track their time so she can see patterns in the way that they use their time to fit in the things that they love. In that book, she shares nine rules for helping us to calm the chaos and make time for what matters most to us. But I'll just share one today, which is that three times a week is a habit. Isn't that an amazing concept? If you're somebody like me who tends towards perfectionism, it's really easy to feel like if we're not doing something every day, or especially if we're not doing them Monday through Friday, that it's not actually a habit. It's not actually a part of our daily routine. But I love this empowering approach to habits that tells us that even if we do something on a Sunday night, it still counts. It could still be part of our three times per week. That helps us really hold on to the identity of that habit and ultimately makes it more sustainable over time. In conjunction with this idea, she also talks about how if you're counting from 5 a.m. on a Monday, then halfway through the week is actually Thursday afternoon, which blows my mind because I always think of halfway through the week being Wednesday. Thinking of it as Thursday afternoon instead really helps me feel like my time is more expansive and that I don't have to write off the week after Wednesday. <laughs> All of those days, Thursday through Sunday, still count and I could still do my habits three times a week, even if I started on on Thursday. So having all of these ideas in mind really helps me feel more empowered about how I use my time and helps me feel like using my time differently is actually possible. So I highly recommend all of her work, especially Tranquility by Tuesday, if you want to think about your time a little bit differently and more expansively. This is not an ad, it's a pause. I've decided to build an intentional break into every episode of Slowpreneur because I know I'm throwing a lot of ideas and hopefully inspiration your way, and I wanted to give you a moment to integrate it, to not have to pay attention, to not have to absorb anymore, to just marinate on what we've talked about so far and take a breath before we continue. Let's get back to the show. Book number six is Rework by Jason Fried and David Heinemeyer Hansen. They are the founders of Basecamp, which is a very big player in the project management and team collaboration space. They invented Basecamp many, many years ago, and it continues to be one of the best options for remote team collaboration. And I think that it makes such a huge difference that alongside building this successful software company, they have also made a name for themselves as being really strong and vocal proponents of business not taking over everybody's personal lives. They have written another book called It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work, and by the title alone, we can see that they're really taking a stand against the kinds of workplace culture that have become really, really popular, especially in corporate spaces, you know, infiltrating employees' boundaries and downtime and not leaving any space for life outside of work. 
There was a controversy a couple years ago where they announced that their employees would no longer be able to talk about anything political in the workplace or on Slack, which led to a mass exodus of employees from their company who felt that this was out of line with Basecamp's stated values. And I have to say that I kind of agree with them. I think it's a very strange choice for a company that has really grounded itself on making room for employees' lives outside of their work to basically say that they can't bring any of that into the workplace. I actually think that bringing our personalities and our values into our work makes the work stronger and better. So I think it's a very strange choice to not allow employees to do the same. However, I can still recommend their books as excellent primers, especially for people who want to believe that it's possible to have a successful business despite growing in a way that is more sustainable and intentional. I have read all their books and I really appreciate that because they are such a big player in this space and have such a successful company, it really does help people take it more seriously when they're talking about ideas like taking a step back from constant communication or doing more asynchronous work instead of always doing meetings. It means more coming from the mouths of people who have built a successful company than it would from somebody who has never done that. So I really admire that they are really big industry leaders and thought leaders in this space. And I recommend their books. Despite the controversy, I still recommend their books because I think if you're just starting out, it's helpful to see that these ideas are possible when put into practice. And I think we can learn a lot from how they built their company. The last book that I want to talk about is The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte. I love this book. It's actually a bit more like a workbook. It helps you go through all these reflection exercises and introspection to identify what your top five core desired feelings are. Core desired feelings are the feelings that we're chasing after whenever we're going after a goal. So when we're looking to grow our business or launch a new product, typically it's because we think that the end result will help us feel some kind of way. So what Danielle Laporte is sharing in this book is encouraging us to identify what those desired feelings are now up front so that we don't go down the wrong paths trying to find the feeling. Instead, we find ways to apply those feelings and find them in our own lives starting from now. And this actually helps us make better, more informed decisions. I'll give you an example. One of my core desired feelings is freedom. It's something that I really crave and I do a lot of things in my life and business to create more of it. But if I'm not aware that this is my core desired feeling, this is the thing that's driving my decision-making, I might make some bad decisions just trying to copy things that I see online. For example, let's say I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see an entrepreneur who is lounging on the beach in Bali, working from their laptop, drinking a pina colada, and I think to myself, oh my gosh, that, that's the thing that I want. I need that. Next thing you know, I have quit everything, I have dropped everything, I've moved to Bali because I think that that is what's going to help me feel the feeling that I wanna feel. That doesn't mean that that's a good decision for me, right? I have not interrogated this particular iteration of freedom to think to myself, is that really what I want, right? I don't actually wanna live so far away from my friends and family. I don't actually want to live on the beach in Bali. So if I'm not aware that my core desired feeling when I see that post is a sense of freedom, I might be making bad decisions that aren't actually in alignment with what I really want. If by contrast, I see that post and I think to myself, what is the desired feeling underlying that whole post? 
the core desired feeling there is freedom. When I'm aware of that, I can find ways to build freedom into my everyday life and business. I can change up my schedule. I can play hooky from work. I can go swimming in the middle of the day, whatever it is, I can find ways to feel freedom now. So you can understand why this is such an important and powerful concept when it comes to running our businesses, because in this world of comparison, it's very easy to get sucked in to other people's life visions. Instead, we want to start with our own core desired feelings and make our decisions from that kind of empowered place. I really need to revisit this book because it's been years since I read it. I think most of my desired feelings would be the same, but I think it's a great place to start if you are starting your business and not sure of what you should do next. Knowing your core desired feelings is going to help you make the best possible decisions. So there you have it, my top seven book recommendations for slowpreneurs. I love all of these books and I hope you love them too. I hope they can give you ideas and inspiration for building a more sustainable business for yourself because I think it's really important to do so. If we don't find ways to embody our values and build for the long term, we're going to burn out, we're not going to feel good, and we're going to sacrifice our health and our happiness in the hopes of building a successful business. That's not the way, that's not the way I want to do it. I'm sure it's not the way you want to do it. So pick up one of these books and I hope it gives you some ideas for your own business. And if you have any book recommendations for me that are about slowpreneurship, whether in ways big or small, I would love to read them. I'm always looking for new ways to build sustainable methods into my own business and to share with my clients. So drop them in the comments below or send me an email. I love reading, so would love to read anything that you recommend when it comes to slowpreneurship. For now, I'm going to leave this episode here, but I want to thank you so much for listening and I will catch you in the next one. Thanks so much for listening to Slowpreneur. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or reach out and let me know at hello at stephaniepellet.com. I would love to hear from you. As always, you can find show notes for this and all episodes at stephaniepellet.com slash slowpreneur. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.